Good morning. Welcome to our backyard. This is our first attempt. Actually, it's our third attempt at a backyard broadcast because the first two didn't work. So as long as no one um, pressure washes their house, cuts their lawn, or our dog doesn't decide to start, bark ba start barking, we should be okay with this. Now, what I want to talk with you about this morning is about authenticity in our walk with God. Uh, as um, we're kind of all shut away in a sense, we're locked down, many of us aren't able to get out very much, it does give us an opportunity to spend more time reflecting on the nature of our relationship with God. It gives us a chance to really explore the, the our faith journey and whether we do have an authentic relationship with God. To help set this up, I'm going to read a parable from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Thank you, Anne. So what I want to share with you this morning is something that you can reflect upon. That is the importance of an authentic relationship with God, a kind of relationship that will sustain you during dark and lonely and troubling times like the ones we're facing today, times also when you're run off your feet with busyness, as well as times when you just feel relaxed and you're enjoying life so much you feel so deeply content. So please join with us now as we look further into God's Word. What I want to share with you this morning is about authenticity and what Jesus said about authenticity in Matthew chapter 6. When I was in junior high living in Germany, I was on our school's soccer team. It was a Canadian school for Canadian military families. We worked hard learning the game. We did reasonably well against other mainly American military schools in our area. So our soccer coach set up a friendly match against a German school in our community. We thought we were ready for them. Were we ever wrong? They destroyed us. They did tricks with the ball that left us gaping. They put on a clinic, as they say, and displayed why Germany is one of the strongest soccer nations on the planet. This was one of those reality checks, which brings me to this principle taught by the Apostle Paul. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Take a reality check. There is a temptation to overestimate ourselves. For example, we may believe that our judgment is better than others, or that we drive better than average, or we may attribute our successes to our hard work and ingenuity and blame our failures on others or on circumstances beyond our control. This tendency of thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought is evident in our spiritual life as well. For this reason, Jesus tackles the thorny issue of spiritual pride and its close associate, hypocrisy. In Matthew 6, he describes those 
who are like performers or actors in a play. The word hypocrite, the word that Jesus uses in this teaching, means actor or pretender. He describes people who put on a convincing display of spirituality, but who are acting a role, not authentic. Jesus begins with this general principle in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them, like actors. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So you've got a choice. Either do good to be noticed by others and get their praise, or do good for God and receive his blessing. So which will it be? Then Jesus gives three examples of where we may be tempted to put on a show to impress others. Example one. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. Example two. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Example three, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others their fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. These spiritual disciplines, giving to the poor, prayer, fasting, are healthy things we do as an expression of our love for God and in order to grow in our walk with God. And Jesus is saying, don't be false, be authentic. So when you give to the needy, don't take along a brass band to announce to the whole world your generosity. And when you fast, don't put on a sad, pained expression to ensure the people know how spiritual you are. About authentic prayer, he says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Jesus does not absolutely forbid public prayer. The Bible is filled with public prayers and prayer meetings. What he's saying is this. When you pray, talk to God. Don't put on a show for others. What God wants is authenticity, not acting. Matt Redman, a well-known Christian songwriter, wrote about authenticity and worship when he wrote this song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. In this song, Matt Redman identifies the temptation faced in worship. He's a talented musician, famous in Christian circles, well-known for songs like Blessed Be Your Name and 10,000 Reasons. So the temptation to lose sight of Jesus is always there for him and other super talented people like him. But it's there for those of us who aren't super talented too. Anytime we're conscious of ourselves and the impression that we're making on others, where we try to impress other people with our spirituality. Anytime we shift the focus from God to self, worship stops being worship. In fact, it becomes a kind of idolatry where we take center stage rather than God. 
Here's an example from my life. A bunch of years ago, when I was a young pastor in Winnipeg, I was in my late 20s, learning how to preach. People were very kind to me and told me all kinds of nice things about my preaching. They were just encouraging me out of kindness, that's all. Because of this, something subtle happened to me as I prepared sermons. I began to prepare to please people rather than to please God. You know what? People-pleasing contains a nasty two-edged sword. It works like this. If you're addicted to people-pleasing, then you bask in the praise. Well, at the same time, you're devastated by the criticism. That's what was happening to me. So when God convicted me of this pride, I determined in my heart that I would do what I do for God and for God alone. He would be my audience of one. Now, now, people still commented on my preaching. They said kind things and not so kind things. But I, I determined to give praise to God and to do it for him alone. During this time, a verse kept on speaking into my heart. I mean, this was constantly on my mind during this time. It's John chapter 5, verse 44, the words of Jesus. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise from the only God? How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? That verse haunted me. I had this sense that my faith was in jeopardy. Jesus was convicting me that if I accepted praise from people without being vitally concerned about the praise that comes from God, then I could not walk in faith. This may surprise you, but Jesus is teaching that acts of righteousness can actually hinder our spiritual growth. That's exactly what he's teaching. They can help us, and they will help us approach and serve God and grow in our relationship with God, but only when done in humility and for his glory. When our prayers or giving or fasting or worship or preaching or serving or anything else that is good is polluted by self-interest and pride, then it's ruined. We take a big spotlight and shine it on ourselves. We take center stage and accept the praise and in so doing, push God off to the side. That's actually a form of idolatry. Now, when we do good for God's glory and not for personal gain, God is actually transforming us. And we're becoming truly good people. We're not acting anymore. We're becoming. We're not acting good. We're becoming good. I heard a pastor from Hong Kong explain this using the analogy of a bamboo tree. Now, I don't know anything about bamboo trees, but I know what he told us. He explained how a bamboo tree grows. You, you plant the bamboo, and in year one, nothing happens. And in year two, nothing happens. And in year three, nothing happens. But in year four or five, suddenly something happens. The tree shoots out. Some bamboo, he said, can grow as much as 47 inches in a 24-hour period. One species can grow to an 8-inch diameter, 60 to 80 feet tall, in one growing season. You know what it's doing in years one to three, he asked us? Forming roots. 
Now, in the same way, when we do our acts of righteousness in secret, deep roots are being formed. For example, when we seek God in personal and private ways through prayer and meditating on the Word of God, the wisdom of that personal private connection with God is heard in our words and observed in our lives. People might even begin to respect our wisdom and judgment. What God wants for us is to grow deep roots. And we do that through authenticity, not acting. Now let me give you an example of this from Jesus' teaching on prayer, where he contrasts humble authenticity with proud acting. And this is one of my favorite stories that Jesus told. It's the story of two men go to the temple to pray. It's in Luke 18, 9-14, and it's the text that M read earlier in this sermon. He began with this statement. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So the story takes aim at people who, one, are confident of their own righteousness, and two, look down on everyone else. In other words, people who are conceited and arrogant, they combine an inflated view of self with a sense of superiority toward others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Well, you know already, if you're familiar with the teaching of Jesus where this story is going, I love how Jesus turns the tables and makes the underdog the hero. So here are the two main characters. First, the Pharisee. In Jewish society, he represented the ultimate in devotion and meticulous observance of the law and religious tradition. A man highly respected. Second, the tax collector. Now, in that society, tax collectors represented treachery and theft. People despised them as collaborators with the hated Romans and thieves who skimmed extra tax money to line their own pockets. So these are the two main characters. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. As some translations put it, the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Either way, you get a clear idea of what the man is thinking. Here's his prayer. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. He stands alone and aloof, and his prayer is about himself. He's thoroughly impressed with his own goodness, and he thinks that God should be as well. This Pharisee gives thanks in his prayer with a sincere heart, but not to God. I mean, he's praising himself. I mean, this guy worships himself not God. And oh, he compares so well to the evildoers and robbers and the adulterers and that tax collector over there. I mean, you see how blind he really is. His spiritual life is all about outward rules, not inward change, and he's proud of himself. He doesn't understand that God wants authenticity, not acting. Pride keeps people from God's kingdom and righteousness because God, pride stands in the way of us recognizing our need of God's grace. Pride is a lie from the devil. And pride will rob us of God's blessing because pride keeps us from an, an authentic encounter with God. By contrast, the tax collector's prayer is an authentic prayer. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The tax collector will not stand close to those who seem to him to be the head of the class of righteousness. 
He's so aware of his own unworthiness and inadequacy, he doesn't even look up to heaven. He stands alone, his eyes are down, in sorrow striking himself, crying out a simple but sincere, God have mercy on me, a sinner. In this simple prayer from the heart, he comes to God believing that gracious God will hear the prayer of a repentant sinner. He uses no fancy words or, or clever phrases. He doesn't try to hide the truth about himself. He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't blame others. He doesn't compare himself to others. He simply acknowledges his own wretchedness and calls on the God of all grace to be merciful. It's like this song. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise. What Jesus is saying is that this is what God wants, a broken spirit and contrite heart. I tell you, Jesus said, that this man, this sinful tax collector who recognized his own unworthiness, rather than the other, the self-righteous rules keeper who can't say enough about himself, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What God wants is humble authenticity, not pride-filled acting. When you step away from acting toward authenticity, you forget about others and focus on God alone. There's no one else in the room. It's just you seeking God. You don't justify yourself to God by blaming others, and you don't excuse yourself. You humble yourself, fully aware of your own sins and faults and failings without trying to cover up or impress anyone. Then you take this step toward authenticity. You stop trying to impress anyone and you humble yourself. And when you take that step, Jesus promises this. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is repeated three times in the passage. Three times. If we do our acts of righteousness for God as his humble servants in the world, God knows and God rewards. I believe this leads us to the most important question we will ever ask ourselves. Do I have an authentic relationship with God? That is the most important question you will ever ask yourself because this will set the course for your whole life. Do I have an authentic relationship with God? Authenticity as opposed to acting begins here with an authentic relationship with God. When you step away from acting toward authenticity, you forget about others and focus on God alone. There's no one else in the room. It's just you seeking God in giving, praying, worshiping, fasting, serving, or preaching. And the first step in this authentic walk with God is to humble yourself. Fully aware of your sins and your faults and your failings, humble yourself. Without trying to cover up or impress anyone, humble yourself. Trusting in His grace toward those who repent. This is the essential first step in walking an authentic walk with God. Please pray with me. 
God, our Father, I thank you that we can walk authentically with you and have an authentic relationship with you. And I pray, Father, for anyone who's desiring to grow in authenticity, that you would give them wisdom from the teaching of Jesus and strength through the power of the Spirit to live this life and walk this walk. I pray for anyone who's really thinking long and hard about whether they do have an authentic relationship with Jesus, that like that tax collector, they would come and humble themselves before you, confess their need of you, confess their sin before you, and receive your mercy. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.